0: If you're a worship pastor or part of a worship team, you'll want to join us this week as we talk about moving beyond a week-to-week autopilot leadership style as you think more about your vision and where you're headed as a worship ministry. Today's interview is a conversation with worship pastor David Santisteven about his ebook and podcast entitled Beyond Sunday. That's what's for today on the CMB Podcast, session number 28.
1: Welcome to the CMB Podcast a podcast designed to serve people of faith who make music. If you're looking for practical and inspirational ideas to help you in your musical craft, then look no further. ChristianMusicBlog.com is all about helping you think differently about creativity through eyes of faith as you learn how to establish healthy musical habits and disciplines fueling your creativity and making
0: you more prolific for the glory of God. And now your host... Nate Fancher. What's up, everyone, and welcome to session 28 of the Christian Music Blog Podcast, a podcast serving artists and songwriters in their journey of music making through eyes of faith. Here on the CB podcast, we cover a variety of subjects that matter to the Christian musician. If you are looking to grow in your musical craft and in your worldview of making music in a way that honors God, then I invite you to not only join us, but dive in headfirst as we learn about what Jesus has to say about music and music making. Sometimes we're heavily theological. Oftentimes we're highly practical. Sometimes we laugh. Sometimes we're sobered and serious. This is a journey every week that I'm on, and if you'll join me, I'd be honored. In fact, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I want to invite you to check out freemusicgift.com. That's a gift that I have for you, if it's your first time, just saying thanks for checking out CMB today. So go check it out, freemusicgift.com. Today I have a great guy on the show, David Santisteven. He's a fellow worship pastor, songwriter, blogger, and podcaster, so we have a couple of things in common, and I wanted to get the word out on our end about what he's up to. One of the many things that I love about this guy, apart from his his obvious passion for Christ and his passion for worship and for equipping worship leaders, um, it's his passion for vision, Um, vision is a word that you hear a lot from leadership coaches, leadership circles, and and just how important it is to have vision and a clear picture of what your purpose is and where you're headed. And I've even said the word on this podcast, I'm sure, several times, but I'd like to highlight the way that David says it. Simply put, he says two words, beyond Sunday. Two words that pastors, church leaders, including worship leaders and musicians in the church— uh, when they hear it, they resonate with it, they wish for it. They long for being more on top of it as it relates to planning and being ahead of um, the curve and, and really leading people in a direction more organized and more you know, more planned ahead. David's ebook and podcast with the same title Beyond Sunday is all about this. And that's what we hone in on the most in our conversation and, and, and especially the importance of having vision as a worship leader. If you're an artist that's that's not a worship leader per se, this episode is also for you. There are principles that you can apply here. So, all right, all right, here we go. My chat with David Santa Stephen on the session 27 of the CMB podcast. I'm here with David Santa Stephen. David is... Worship Pastor at Allison Park Church in Allison Park, Pennsylvania, just outside of Pittsburgh. And uh, he blogs at davidsantisteven.com. He's the writer of 2 ebooks, Beyond Sunday, and The Worship Songwriter, both great books for worship leaders and musicians. Um, he's got a lot going on, and I'm really thankful for his time today. Thanks, David, for being on the podcast with me, man.
1: Nathan, no problem, bro. I'm excited uh, to be here with you. Thank you.
0: So... Let's start with uh, your story, how you um you can go all the way back to when when you first encountered Christ and how that connected to music, whatever you'd like to share there.
1: Yeah, man. So, yeah, I started with music when I was young, you know, I was the typical kid whose whose parents wanted to get their kids started in music lessons, you know, so I started taking piano when I was seven years old and, you know, absolutely hated it probably for a good four or five years, um, but was sort of forced to go to lessons, you know. Um, I was that that kid that I wasn't on the football team, um, but I took piano lessons, but I always hid that from people because it just wasn't cool to take piano lessons, you know. <laughs> but, I, you know, I just kind of stuck with it. And eventually I got to this place where um, I remember back when I was... I saw a concert of this guy who was doing this, like, solo piano work. Um, And he was just rocking the piano, man. And I got inspired in that moment, you know, I was probably 11 years old. I was like, wow, like, music can actually be fun. It's not all about just, like, hot cross buns from the Bastion piano books. Like, this can actually be a legit thing. And so I got inspired to really sort of pursue music in a deeper way, just really sitting at the piano and 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 playing for hours a day, um, and then in, I remember back in 1997, that was a time where uh, the Lord just really got a hold of my heart and changed my life in the midst of a worship service. Um, you know, I had been going to church my whole life, but my. My thoughts during church were more about what we were having for lunch afterwards than about connecting with God, you know, mm-hmm. and so I remember that when I was you know I was twelve years old in that service that the glory of God was just revealed to me like for the very first time, and I worshiped God like never before, and over the next year, I would say, the Lord just really fused this passion for that I had for music with this passion for his glory, and I just remember saying to the Lord like This is what I want to do with my life, you know, this whole idea of worship and not just making music, but um, through my music, creating an atmosphere for people to connect with God and to experience the glory of God. I wanted others to experience the same thing that I experienced and so that's kind of where the journey began with music, and um, I started getting involved with worship teams and eventually started leading worship. And then um, sort of the rest is history. I've just kind of been doing this ever since and absolutely love it.
0: It's awesome. And now you know, over, the, over the course of time, you um, were doing it for some time, and, and you share in the first chapter of your book, Beyond Sunday, a little bit about how you got burned out. Why don't you share a little bit about that story and what changed and how you got vision and how that sort of launched everything that you're currently doing with, with how you're equipping and resourcing other worship pastors and worship leaders.
1: Yeah, you know, I found that when the call of God is first, um, when you first realize it, you know, it can almost have this, this, this really, it's this really exciting moment, you know, where anything is possible. The future is bright where you say, here I am, Lord, send me to the nations, do whatever you want to do in and through me. But then, you know, reality can set in, you know, and you, you know, I became a worship leader at a local church and, um, just the difficulties of, working with people and and having a busy schedule and all this stuff. And it's almost like I lost that original vision of what God once did in my heart. And I just started going through this routine of, of Sunday to Sunday and just getting frustrated, you know, because originally I thought when I had come out of college, I originally thought, man, I am just God's gift to this local church. You know, I am, here I am, Mr. Talent. I've arrived on the scene. Everybody, you better, you better love my music or get out of the way because here I come. You know, and I didn't, I didn't voice it in those words, but it was sort of this attitude that I had. And it was almost like, and it's so sad to say, but I was almost using the church and using um, my worship team to prop up my ego and, um, you know, when when a musician came on the team who wasn't as good as I thought they should be, you know, I would just get frustrated that I didn't get to work with better musicians. you know, other guys, they get to travel all around the world and work with these great teams. But here I am in the local church context, working with volunteers. and it frustrated me. And so, the Lord just began to convict me about that, and just really gave me a new perspective about the local church and what, what a beautiful thing it is, you know, to work with with old and young, to work with um, musicians who are who are skilled and those who are growing. And God just gave me a passion for discipleship, and I started to see my team um, as. People I was discipling rather than volunteers I was simply using and abusing for my own agenda. And it just totally transformed the way I went about um, the ministry. And just through that process, you know, to make a long story short. Um, really just developed a passion for teaching and discipleship and, um, just started to really invest in young musicians and, and the people that God had placed in, uh, in my ministry. And it's just been awesome to kind of go on that journey and, uh, to write and to teach and, 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 a lot has, has come out of that, that season. So it's been great.
0: Mm, it's awesome. Well, it certainly comes out in your book beyond Sunday. I mean, that's what you just described, uh, your, your own story. And, um, and then how to practically change um, into more of a discipleship model for, for leading your team and for pastoring them. Uh, why don't we get into some of that practical stuff? Um, I think it's parts three, four, and five. You, you talk about creating your plan, and you cover the vision, the mission, and then executing those things for your team. Um, I'm, I'm sure you could talk a lot about that. We could go for quite a while, but where would you start if you were um, trying to talk with someone who's brand new to that and 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 they're coming to you for, for input and, and advice for them, for how to start moving in this beyond Sunday direction, how would you encourage them?
1: Yeah, I think the first thing I would say is, is sort of where the, where it really started for me. Um, I, I, I noticed that I could only go so far with my own talent and my own ability. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's totally possible for me or for anyone to pour all their eggs in that one basket to just really push their name and push their themselves forward in music and worship or whatever. But I I wanted to create a movement of people, a movement of musicians. I wanted to raise up other worship leaders. I wanted to work with people who were better than me at certain areas. And originally that wasn't that wasn't easy an easy, uh, an easy um, realization for me to come to. But but. It, it was, it was a kingdom focus, you know, where, um, you know, it's not just about me getting to be in the spotlight, but it's about releasing others. You can have uh, such a greater impact in the kingdom of God when you invest in others and release them to do greater things than you do. And so I would just say that to anybody who's a local church worship leader is, is, is don't get overly focused on, uh, your own talent and your own, um, insecurities, just sort of release those and, and look for the people around you who have skills, you know, who may be better than you, who may intimidate you and, and get behind them and teach them, train them and release them into ministry. And so that's kind of how it worked for me. Um, as far as creating a, a plan, you know, I found that it's easy for us as creatives to have all these grand visions of things that we want to do. Um, you know, things we want to accomplish. But if you don't actually create a plan, like a like a, an action, action steps to get it done, it's just going to sort of dwell in that realm of good intentions, you know? And so I've been, I've been encouraging worship leaders over the past few years, you know, to, to create that plan, which like you said, starts with the vision and, um, you know, your vision as a worship leader, Nathan, it might be different than mine is. Um, there might be a lot of similarities, you know, but I, I I encourage worship leaders to tap into what what it is that are they really passionate about you know so my passion was discipleship and so I I, I wanted to create a vision for my team that that spoke to that uh, idea of discipleship you know and raising others up and 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 there's I won't go into all the details of the vision but that's sort of the idea is to start. Just to get like a blank slate and write down, man, what am I passionate about as a worship leader so that I can move beyond just singing songs and pulling off services and scheduling volunteers and then rinse and repeat. But I can get to a point where where I'm leading my congregation into a deeper encounter with the presence of God, where I am making disciples, You know, where I have a plan in place. Um, and so that would be number one is the vision. Number two would be the mission, which I find is so important, uh, in connecting with your lead pastor. You know, that that's a relationship that oftentimes can have a lot of tension. You know, the lead pastor doesn't really get along with the worship leader or they don't see eye to eye, um, but I found that pouring yourself into the vision of your lead pastor and saying, does this vision that, that I have, does it line up with the, the mission of, of our local church? Because let me tell you, your senior pastor might be the best worship leading mentor that you can have because he knows his flock he knows the people god has called him to serve he knows the vision god has given him he knows the mission of the local church and so what you want to do is is bring your vision to your pastor you guys talk it through and agree on something don't just go off and do your own thing but really connect with your lead pastor because that just creates a lot of momentum in your church it creates unity and you can accomplish so much more together and then the third step like you said is the execution and that's all about really creating that plan that says, okay, here's my vision, but here's how the vision is going to happen. Here's how it's going to get done. What am I going to do on a weekly basis with this vision? What am I going to do on a monthly basis with this vision? And what am I going to do on an annual basis with this vision? Um, So for us, we create all kinds of different discipleship kind of pockets weekly monthly and annually throughout the year so that we're continuing to develop new musicians and new worship leaders and and release them into places in our church where they can grow so that's that's kind of it in a nutshell
0: that's awesome well yeah and it's um certainly clear too that uh, a worship pastor or what i mean is this clear from what you've what you've what you've said in your book and then all that you say on your blog just the importance of um, knowing your church, just that, that being connected, being engaged, and actually I think it's one of your latest blog posts you talk about asking the question, what is God doing in my church? You know, there are so many other questions we tend to go to first. And, yeah, you um, know, it's, it's, awesome. it's,
1: really, it's really easy for we as musicians to get lost in our own little music and worship music subculture. You know, we, we have our favorite worship artists and we have our favorite songs and we t- talk about all our latest gear and guitar pedals and drum heads and EQs and, and new sound equipment and all this stuff. And you can get so lost in that world, which I'm not against that, obviously. It's it's great to, to improve and better yourself in those areas. But you can get so absorbed in a musician subculture that you lose touch with the people that are in the room, okay? It's the one of the most... The greatest things I realized as a worship leader was, hey, this this congregation isn't a room full of artists and creative people like myself. They don't care about my guitar solos. They don't care about what songs I've written. They don't care about all of my equipment. They want to connect with Jesus, That's and that's what they need more than anything. And so to ask that question, God, what are you doing in my local church? It changes the way you lead worship it changes the way your musicians play music you become more of a a, a pastor in worship than simply just a musician
0: yeah it's awesome yeah and i think that just to come back to that that idea that tr- that that that, that worshipping god transforms a person and i think you say that in the same blog post um transformational worship and how like you just said every member of your local church needs jesus more than anything else and, um, yeah, that's awesome. And, and yeah, and, and then sitting down with your lead pastor as a worship guy and, you know, cause there's probably no one else in the church that's going to know the church better than him. Well, Lord willing, that's, that's the hope, you know, and, um, right. just to connect with him on that level too. And to have those kind of conversations really, really awesome. And actually I want to transition into songwriting and, and maybe we can even talk a little bit about how you guys have written songs for your church. As you've asked that question, what is God doing at Allison Park? I'm sure that informs the songs you write. Um, yeah. But your book, The Worship Songwriter, very good, very practical. Um, tell us a little bit about how that got started and and, and if that um, is true as far as like how that serves your church and Allison Park specifically. Yeah.
1: Um, it, really, the, the Worship Songwriter started, at, it was a process that I used Uh, to write songs and I didn't really set out to create this step-by-step guide but um, I was talking to a lot of young songwriters that I was working with and also other you know gifted musicians who who said they they didn't really write songs or they had songs that they just weren't proud of and I I said is there a way that I could distill the songwriting process in a simple way um, for for writing worship songs and and it by no means does it make worship songwriting any easier. Um, just because you buy my book, that doesn't mean that you'll be cranking out, you know, Chris Tomlin worship song hits in a week. Um, it still requires that, that blood, sweat, and tears, you know. But um, it was a it was a process for me of of how to how to write a good worship song. Because writing a worship song is different than just writing a song about your life, you know, or a singer-songwriter song. Um, there's there's a responsibility that we have to to teach the truth and to have good theology and to write a song that is singable for just the common man or woman, you know, who's not a musician, who's not a great singer, but um, so something that's simple. And I know there's there's a you know, Paul Balash is 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 one of the, you know, an incredible songwriter out there who, who writes this way, you know, who writes songs that are, are, um, are profound and deep but yet accessible at the same time. And so, yeah, this book is it's really uh, uh, a step-by-step guide. You can, there's a lot that holds us back as songwriters. You know, we, we sit down to write and we have this pressure on us from the get-go. I mean, th- you probably experienced this, Nate, where you have this pressure of, I need to write a hit. I need to write um, the next heart of worship, you know. I need to write the next here I am to worship, and we have this pressure from the beginning where we almost disqualify ourselves before we really get into the songwriting process. And songwriting is a journey. The moment you start a song, it's like it's setting you on this this journey um, of of completion that may take longer than you think, you know. And uh, and so that's kind of what this what this book because I don't know if you want me to go into you know the different stages of the book but um Yeah,
0: that'd be great man. Share share That's kind of Yeah, where where the book was was formed. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, share yeah. feel free to share whatever um, you yeah. like. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it basically just takes you through I'll do this quickly, but um the whole songwriting process and um so the the chapters are, are just one word action step chapters and it's just a a really kind of quick point about each so um, the first step in in writing is 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 to ignore and what you want to do is you want to sort of ignore any advice or any outside voices and you just want to kind of get alone and just write down whatever comes out just you know, no filters at all, no right or wrong. Just sort of let it, let it come out. You know, I think too often, like I said, we can disqualify ourselves too early. So that would be the first stage. The second stage is just to worship. The greatest worship songs are born out of worship. I've written so many songs, you know, by sitting down and trying to just meticulously craft it so that it has this pop hit element, and just, uh, and then I, and then it's like. Wait, I'm missing the point here. This is a song that we want people to sing in church as a worship song. So it needs to be birthed out of a hunger for God, birthed out of a, a desire for his presence. And so you want to take the, the the song idea from the first step and then just take it into the presence of God and worship him with it. Um, and the next you know the next step is about clarifying the theme clarifying the theology saying what is this song really about you know a lot of times our songs are about the holy spirit and being sent to the nations and the glory of god and it just jumps themes the best worship songs are about one central idea you know and then your verses and your chorus and your bridge serve to support that one idea the next step is about shifting so take that idea that you've had already put it on the shelf and sh- Try something completely different. If you wrote a slow song, make it a fast song. See what happens. This step kind of takes you out of your normal songwriting routines or your normal styles and uh, shifts you in another direction. So then you have multiple options for the song. So you're not deciding on on an idea too soon. Um, the next step is to unleash, you know, really analyzing the different, you know, lyrical parts of the song and saying, "I'm I really saying this the best way I can? Am I pouring my heart and soul into this song? are the, are the lyrics honest? are they are they true about my life? Um, and then the next step is to decide, you know, to make a decision on on the final. Uh, direction of the song you know this is a this is a step that we can postpone for years and years you know we we have this song in process but we don't actually decide this is what it's going to be let's get it done kind of a thing Um, the next step is about uh, enlisting where where you can you know enlisting other people's help uh, in 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 the songwriting process and then editing the song i give a nice long checklist for for songwriters on on how to edit their songs, um, you know, so that you're not just relying on that first idea, but you're really making sure that every lyric supports what the song's about, that the theology is true, that it's singable, that it has a good melody, all that stuff. Um, the next step would be to test it, you know, to to take it to your to a small group or at an altar time at your church and to sing it and see how people respond to it. Um, and, and don't let that don't just do it once; do it multiple times and see how people catch on to it. And then. Eventually, it's time to release it. You know, you can't keep a song in hiding. Eventually, you got to say, "This is it," and we're we're uh, we're gonna send it out there and and use it in our church. And releasing it doesn't mean that you have to do a recording. This book isn't just for worship songwriters who want to make records. I think God's raising up songwriters all over the world who are using songwriting to serve their local church. You know, they may never be signed to Integrity Music or you know release this big album and tour the world, but they're. But their calling is no less significant in that they're writing for their local church. So, mm-hmm. anyway, that was that was way too long, Nathan.
0: No, I'll man, let, it's I'll good.
1: let you let you take it from here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that was very good. Um, and I think you also include with that, or, or I don't know how it all works, uh, but there's there's an extra element to it where the there's a journal. Can you can you share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So again, I I wanted to make this whole um, worship songwriter book as as uh, um user friendly and um, uh as as usable as possible you know so it wasn't just a book people read and then put on the shelf, but it gave you some tools to apply it and so the journal is basically it takes all of those points. In um, a you know a nice PDF, and then you can I know there's 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 people who have printed it out, and then they take that with them into their songwriting sessions, and so they so they use really one journal for one song. So you could you could you know print off multiple copies of this for each song, and it basically just walks you through each step. There's scripture verses and different you know nuggets of truth on each page, and it just kind of is a guide in uh, the creation of your worship songs. So if you've thought about writing or if you've been intimidated by writing, this is a great way to start because it tells you the steps that you need to take and you just sort of follow the plan and I think you'll be surprised at at the quality of the songs you'll write.
0: That's awesome. So now um, you you do talk about co-writing in in the book a little bit and would love to hear a little bit uh, from you about how you guys, your team at Allison Park, um structure your co-writing times and how that works practically for for you guys.
1: Yeah, definitely. We just did one of these um, you know, recently a couple months ago. And so my uh, my thoughts with co-writing sessions um is uh, so I guess there's different types of co-writing sessions. So the one we did was really an idea generating session where we we just wanted to get as many ideas as possible, um, you know, structures, ideas for songs out there. So we weren't we weren't finalizing songs. We weren't working on arrangements. We weren't you know finishing songs. We were starting songs. And so what we what we do is we just gather together for a couple days and and we just write. And so I, I sort of plan it out. Um, you know with different co-writing teams that spread out throughout the church and sort of give them an assignment i say all right you guys have you have 30 minutes to go and write a song together and then i release them and i say come back in 30 minutes and we're going to share and record our ideas and i find that to be just a beautifully challenging time because it forces you, you can be more productive in one of those half-hour sessions than, than you can be in a whole year of just you know procrastinating. It's, it's so, and it's awesome to see how when you put sort of a limit on on creativity by saying, okay, you have a h- half an hour to get a song going. It's amazing what can come out of that. You know, whenever you have that structure, and so then we, yeah, you know, so we'd write and then come back, record ideas and put them all in dropbox you know at the end of the retreat and then just share them and then then it goes into the really hard work of editing and 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 crafting the song um changing lyrics around sometimes songs look and sound completely different than when they were originally written some songs hardly change at all it just sort of depends on on the quality of the song um yeah so that's kind of how it works
0: for us and so do you um as far as that 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 second stage of editing and, and crafting is that done sort of like you said Dropbox? Is it done um, online, or do you guys have other meetings where you come together again and do that together, um, or is it a little bit of both? Yeah,
1: we yeah we do we uh, we do it a little bit of both. So we use Dropbox mainly for um, so if someone had a song idea, I'll say okay I want you to take this and I want you to work on it, and then we'll meet together in person. And so I kind of see myself, since most of the guys I'm working with are young songwriters, you know, um, I see myself as sort of a, a filter and a producer. You know, I, I want to, I'm the guy that has the final say as to whether a song is ready. And so um, I'll then get together with them. I'll hear their ideas, <clears throat> excuse me, and then really help them finish the song and craft it from there so yeah it's kind of a combination of both where they they write on their own individually and then we come back and then finish it together so and and sometimes there's songs that were like you know this just is wasn't a good idea you know (laughs) and so I say from the from the get-go that um some some songs will rise to the top others you know will take a while to work on and some we may never actually finish we may never actually use um, and we just have to be okay with that you know we have to hold our songwriting our ideas with open hands and be willing to have that that criticism so you wanna as a leader you wanna create that safe place where those conversations can happen you know and where people feel comfortable
0: that's great last December you guys released a live worship album I think it was your first one as a church called undying love Um, Were some of these co-writing methods used for that project?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's um, yeah. That was really a lot of the songs were birthed in the songwriting retreat that we did a few years ago, and um, so a lot of yeah, the ideas that came out of that retreat we just really crafted and worked on, and so I would say you know probably um, a good seventy-five percent of the songs on the album are were from those co-writing sessions and then, you know, the other 25% are songs that that we've just been doing at the church for the last number of years. So,
0: yeah. That's exciting. And you said just a second ago, you guys did um, a retreat or or something, a co-write thing a couple of weeks ago or just recently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We did another one of those again. Um, So, you know, I like to, I'd love, love to continue to do those, you know, try to work those in every couple of years just so our, our songwriting is, is is staying fresh,
0: you know? So yeah, well, I asked yeah. that question uh, for another reason too. Just wondering if you guys are planning on doing another album um, in the next year or two, or, or what, what are you thinking about that?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, we we definitely are. You know, we don't we don't have anything on on the calendar just yet, but we're we're definitely in in writing mode, um, and and still just trying to see Undying Love sort of live its live its day and see it reach as many people as possible. That's kind of where we're at now. But we're definitely writing on a good, good handful of, of, of songs in the works right now that we're starting to lead at our church, um, which I think is a good, a good first step. So, yeah, though de- something definitely will be, will be coming in the future for sure.
0: I love seeing more and more these days churches releasing their own albums and um, just putting their resources into that. As opposed to going outside of the church to look for that kind of thing. I mean, it's not always like that at every church, of course, but but it's such a an encouragement to see churches doing that.
1: Yeah, I you know I love it, and and I think I just would just want to speak to any you know worship leader out there that 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 doesn't necessarily um, mean success for you. So just because you do a worship recording at your church. That doesn't make you a successful worship leader. Right. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's for everybody, you know? And so, so you may not have that, like that particular, um, desire or vision. And I think that's totally fine. Just, you know, be, be free to know that you don't have to do it. But I think it's, I think it's also a great thing to, to try, you know, to encourage songwriting in your team because it makes them sort of it's a, a service to your people. You know, you start getting your team members um, to, to look at the congregation and say, what is God saying? You know, what's God doing in our church? And how can we voice that for our people? So that, that's, that's just a healthy view of songwriting. You know, it's not about how can we write a hit that everybody will sing all over the world. Eh, that's great if that happens. But, but it's got to start with how can we serve our church with our songs?
0: Absolutely. Awesome, man. It's certainly clear, David, that you have a heart. Um, of a worship pastor you you also pastor worship pastors worship leaders and um i'd love to hear what's next for you i mean we certainly want to promote what you're doing on your podcast your blog and and i know you have some other stuff that you're 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 working out for the future Um, would you be willing to share some of that for our listeners
1: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, part part of what I do um in addition to, you know, just being real involved in my local church with raising up worship teams and worship leaders and and past being a pastor there. Um I love I love to teach and so that's primarily what my blog is all about, com, where I write a couple blog posts a week that are really just geared towards worship leaders and worship musicians. Um just just you know, just weekly challenges, um, encouragements from, from the word of God. And, and I, I like to write really practically. I like to see people apply things, not just think about them. So practical ideas for that. And then I also have a, a podcast called beyond Sunday, um, which is, um, so kind of taking some ideas from, from my beyond Sunday ebook and, and also a host of other topics. So really what it is, it's just an, it's another sort of, um, uh, a, a way that people can, um, get connected with with my teachings is is through the the uh the Podcast, and also with the podcast come a lot of different interviews. So I try to interview um, different artists and worship leaders from all over the world um, who are doing cool things. Just, just I think it's just healthy uh, to have that kind of a resource where where you can kind of hear from others. So yeah, I've had some great guests on there, and Martin Smith, you know, formerly from uh, Delirious, and Daniel Bashta and uh, Craig Dunnigan from Integrity Music, and and so and a lot more are are, are up and coming as well. Um, um, so, it's just another way to get some good content and encouragement uh, for your week, you know, whether you're riding in your car or at the gym or just, you know, at work, where, you know, just something to, to listen to and absorb. And uh, so, yeah, and along with the books, the Beyond Sunday ebook, which you can get for free by signing up for my mailing list. It's also on um, for Kindle and then the Worship Songwriter ebook as well. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I just love, again, you, you said this, but I just want to affirm it as well I mean it's so practical the stuff you you write and the way you're serving people it's it's very practical but it's also extremely God-centered um you know I think a lot of people tend to (laughs) separate the two for whatever reason they they think that you know you got to be more lofty and theological but you know don't don't go practical you know and then others fall off the horse the other way but really God is practical and he wants to kind of see the two come together and I think you you do that very well yeah the things you do. Cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. So what's next for you? You, you have that going on or you, do you have some other things in the works?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, our our team is, is, uh, doing some traveling a little bit where we, we travel around and we do worship team workshops. Um, so we'll come in on a, on a Saturday and, and, uh, you know, do a, a workshop with, with the team. And I love doing that. You know, I, just travel, traveling around and, and leading worship is one thing that's great, but but I, I just feel a little bit unfulfilled in that. I like to invest in people and to leave something behind in churches that they can really apply and, and use. So we're doing that. Um, also, I'm, I'm working on um, launching a, sort of a membership site for worship leaders which um, kind of takes the, the whole stuff from the blog and the podcast and just takes it to another level. So it's a little bit more of a close-knit community with a forum. And um, it's going to be called Worship Leader Mentor, um, which I think is just a – it'll be a, a really great resource for worship leaders. Um, you know, And really my heart is for worship leaders at small in in medium-sized churches, you know, it's easy to feel really alone. Um, You know, you can't afford to go to the big conferences, you know, you don't have the the musicians and the bands like Hillsong does or Jesus Culture does. And so you just kind of feel alone where you're just kind of going week to week, but you just, you're sort of isolated. And I want to create a community for people like that who can share ideas, you know, who can learn together, who can get some of the very best resources that out there. In, in this one kind of central location, Worship Leader Mentor. So yeah, you'll definitely want to look for that in the coming months. I haven't um, decided on a launch date yet, but now that I've announced it to you, Nathan, that just gives me some motivation to announce the launch, <laughs> which will be uh, coming up sometime soon. So,
0: Awesome. Yeah, I kind of knew that that would be the case. And so as as a Worship Leader in a small to medium-sized church, as a member of your email list... <laughs> I, I wanted to see this happen sooner than later. So cool, I appreciate I that. me make it public. You're helping me. <laughs> yeah. No, this is really good stuff, man. Thank you for being on the podcast, David. I really, really appreciate man,
1: it. Yeah, it's my my pleasure, Nate. I appreciate what you're doing, man. Investing in in the Christian musician. I think this really serves um, a great a great need, and uh, so just keep up the good work, bro.
0: Thank you, thank you. Well, I, you know, I, you are certainly focused on worship ministry, and we need more of that, especially, I mean, it's clear that you have a heart for the local church, and I think that um, that seems to be being more and more talked about out in the broader world, in the worship music industry, um, which is very exciting, and I think that you're you're one of those voices, so that's really my heart. I mean, my heart is musical people, whether they're a worship leader or they're wanting to be a singer-songwriter in a coffee shop, they still need to be rooted in a local church, and and, um, yeah. So, absolutely. I, I, I am very excited about what you're doing and, and want to promote it and want to get the word out more and more. So, those of you who are listening, make sure you go over to the, um, iTunes link that'll be in the show notes today and leave him a rating and review on the iTunes podcast site. And, um, and of course, com. I'll put all these links in the show notes. Where, where, where else can people go to find you online?
1: Man, I would say, uh, my site, com, is really the place to go. It's sort of a central hub of everything else that's going on. So that would be the place to go. Okay. And you're on Twitter? And on Facebook. Twitter as well, yeah, at D Stephen. That's S-A-N-T-I-S-T-E-V-A-N. I know it's a huge name and it gets, gets <laughs> butchered all the time, so it's good to spell it. Um, yeah, also on, on
0: Facebook as well. So, yeah, look me up. Love to connect with you guys. Absolutely, yeah, and we'll put those... Links in the show notes again. So, all right, man. Well, thank you again, Dave, for your time and looking forward to seeing all that God does, buddy.
1: No problem. Thanks, Nate.
0: Excellent stuff there. Quite a lot in there about songwriting, actually, that is, is just super valuable for. Seeing if your church might foster a songwriting community. Really enjoyed that, particularly. Um, as David mentioned, make sure to visit davidsantisteven.com for more info on what he's up to. He's got some great things coming soon, especially if you're a local church worship leader. So, to stay informed on all of that, just go over there, sign up for his email list, get those ebooks, and uh, be sure to check out today's show notes at christianmusicblog.com forward slash session 28. I'll have some direct links to some of those things that we talked about, um, his podcast, the the e-books he's written, their worship album that they put out as a church, great, great album, and uh, the worship leading workshops that he does. So check that out, christianmusicblog.com forward slash session 28. All right, guys, that's it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening up to this point. I want to remind you that I have a gift that I mentioned for you in the beginning here. Head over to freemusicgift.com where you'll find two gifts and an opportunity to sign up for our weekly newsletter. The newsletter for me is really the heart of CMB. It's where I personally meet you and interact with you about music and music making. So again, to find out more about that, simply sign up at freemusicgift.com. Hey friends, next Friday, I'm taking a day off. (laughs) Um, so I'll plan on seeing you back in two weeks. I'm I'm going to definitely work on some other stuff, but uh, we'll definitely get rolling again in two weeks. Very stoked about sharing another great conversation on worship leading with worship pastor Stephen Miller from the Journey Church in St. Louis about his new book, Worship Leaders, We Are Not Rock Stars, a much-needed book for all of us. So until then, have a great couple of weeks. We'll see you next time. Adios.
1: Thank you for listening to the CMB Podcast. For more valuable content,
0: including helpful articles and video, visit christianmusicblog.com.